Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Que Golazo. We have Fabrizio Romano joining us, of course, on this Monday. But we also have big news from our friend, our colleague, and former United States women's national star, Ali Wagner. So much to talk about today. Make sure that you stick with us. Que Golazo begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Que Golazo. Of course, Fabrizio Romano will join us in a little bit, but I am so excited to welcome my friend, my colleague, Ali Wagner. Ali, how are you? Uh, I'd be doing better if I was in Bad Luis. I mean, I could be sleeping right now. You're on the East Coast. Uh, it's early here, but I am with you, so I am happy. Ali is a true friend because it's 6 a.m. as we speak and uh, on the West Coast, so she got up specifically for us. So, Ali, I will always be grateful. But uh, everybody, Ali Wagner is here. International Women's Day, by the way. Uh, happy International Women's Day to all the amazing women out there, including, of course, my friend friend Ali. Ali, a two-time Olympic gold medalist, a two-time FIFA Women's World Cup bronze medalist, uh, incredible experience, of course, uh, with the U.S. Women's National Team and her club college career. She is now an accomplished analyst and broadcaster, including, of course, right here with CBS Sports uh, as part of our Champions League and NWSL coverage. And Ali Wagner, is here to make a big announcement on her next venture. Ali, what are you up to in 2021? What's next for you? By the way, with a resume like that, I, I think I'm done. I don't need to announce anything. I mean, I'm good. You, I'll get up every morning if you're going to roll like that, Louise. Um, <laughs> uh, big news for me, big news, I think, for the club is I am now going to be an investor in QBFC, Queensboro Football Club and also an advisor. So this is a really, I would say, big step for me in my career and something I'm incredibly excited about uh, just because I'm sure we'll talk about it. But the way this club um, has come to be is something that I think is really, really uh, cool and something that I want to be a part of. It's big. Ali, that is huge news. Congratulations. Uh, of course, if you don't know, Queensborough FC uh, is part of the amazing Barra of Queens of New York, my New York City. Um, obviously, we know that Queensborough FC uh, owned by David Villa, obviously former Spain, uh, you know, legend and NYCFC as well, but also uh, Jonathan Crane as well. Uh, and they will begin, they will begin their tenure in 2022 in the USL. So, so many things are happening here. Ali, amazing, amazing. First of all, I want to ask you something. How did this come about? How did it begin? How did the interest in Queensborough FC come about? Who approached you? Did you approach somebody? How did it all start? Yeah, great question. Um, I actually have a really amazing friend in the industry, Michael Cohen. He was a part of this group and he really sprung board me and got me introduced to John Crane. And, and so things from there evolved really quickly and met with obviously a lot of the other owners via being one of them. And 
I just wanted to learn about their project first, you know, and hear what the vision was, why, why they had the vision and really, you know, what were the steps that were going to be taken to execute everything. And, and so when I heard everything that, you know, that they see is a possibility, I was, I was hooked and I couldn't wait to be a part of the project. So it, it wasn't a matter of if at that point, it was just a matter of when. Absolutely. Uh, so incredible. And of course, there's still uh, plenty to do in order to, you know, before they uh, make their debut, but there's already so many things happening. As I mentioned, Ali, of course, uh, you know, Queensborough being part of uh, Queens, uh, so diverse, uh, so diverse. I can't even begin to tell people who don't know. It's, it's incredibly multicultural. How important is it to you, Ali, that the club represents the community? It, it's massive. I mean, when, when, when I talk about that vision that I heard from them, that's, that was the first thing that jumped out at me. Uh, you know, it's, I believe it's something, oh, don't quote me on this, but I believe it's something about 150 different inter, uh, nationalities, 130 different languages spoken. And, and really that is a glimpse of the world that we live in. And to be able to, to grab that energy and harness it and, and unite it around football and, and bring something really special to, to what an amazing community, you know, Queens is. I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't say, no, this is, this is the perfect opportunity. We think of football, we think of uniting people. We think of bringing a passion together. We think of opportunity. We think of dreams. And, and I look at Queens and I go, it has all the, the, the perfect, uh, you know, ingredients in the recipe to make a, a very special football club. And, and the diversity is a massive component of that. And I think, you know, one of the things that we miss so much, uh, perhaps, you know, where I live out, out on the West Coast is, is maybe the ability to, to recognize the special uniqueness uh, that, that diversity can bring to an organization and to a club. And, and I think people are getting that now. And I'm just happy that I know we're doing that in Queens. Absolutely. I can't wait to take you to Jackson Heights, Ali Wagner, and we can do like a, a, a block by block. Uh, you talk about the multicultural. You go block by block in Jackson Heights, you will get a different type of food restaurant. Oh, my God. It's so exciting. So you got to either get up earlier and come over here or, or, or I'll send you some stuff. But I'm very, very excited. Let me ask you, Ali, um, you know, we've talked about the diversity and how important it is for you itself. For you itself, do you have a task list of what you would like to achieve with the club? I mean, I'm thinking maybe youth side perspective, uh, from the female perspective, of course, representation, uh, anything that you really want to get your hands on to make sure that this club is fully exactly what you envision it. Yeah, you know, great question. I think first, the first thing I need to do is sit back and learn a little bit. You know, I don't think you jump into anything. I've never been on the management side of, of an organization like this. And I think I want to just make sure I take a, a beat and, and recognize the way that everything operates um, and, and not be, not be someone that derails that unnecessarily. And so I want to listen. And then ultimately, yes, the side that interests me is really being a part of the vision of, of where we go and being a loud voice 
if, you know, I, I see things that aren't to the standard that, that we would hope a club would be. So you talk about the youth side, the pathway is always important for me. I mean, I experienced the power of sport and how it can change your life. And to now be at this point in my career, I can get on the other side of that and, and really provide that pathway or be a piece to an organization that provides that for other people. That's where I want to drive my energies toward and, and really discovering talent and, and stepping up and, and, and maybe it is within Queens, maybe it's over here, you know, maybe it's players that aren't getting a fair look uh, for whatever reason and, and giving them that opportunity. So yes, absolutely. The pathway and what that pathway looks like. I know that, you know, we've got already great technical director in place and, and the, the vision is there, but I also think look, we're, we're in America and visions, you know, I think sprinkling in what we do best here is, is going to be something that's going to be really important for the club. And, and I think that diversity of thought uh, is something, you know, I want to, I want to start to bring in, but again, sit back, listen at first and then see where I can really, you know, make the most impact in the club. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, um, I want to ask you something. There's something really special happening uh, right now uh, in terms of uh, women in the game. And I'm talking about women in the game, uh, you know, investing, um, becoming more stakeholders, uh, you know, w- you know, from obviously the projects in, in Los Angeles with Natalie Portman, et cetera, but also Naomi Osaka, of course, as well, Sarah Spain as well from ESPN. You, there's so many of these stories now for Alex Morgan and co, of course, creating this, uh, you know, women centric, uh, platform. Are you, what do you, what do you make of it? How, how optimistic that it's going to keep growing? I mean, I feel the, the power of the uh, female influence in the game is growing more and more in this country. It, it, it is, and, and it's important, right? I mean, we're talking about how do you shape our world while you become a part of it. You be able to become a leader in it. You become a piece of it um, that drives the conversation. And I think that's exactly what you're speaking to, that people are now stepping up and, and taking that responsibility or, or people are letting us, if you will, to a certain extent, there's a, there's that reality too. So I, I think it's massive. And, and of course I don't see it slowing down. I see it growing. You know, I can tell you right now, women involved in football is only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and that's the way it should be, you know, it should represent, you know, the diversity of our community should represent the diversity, uh, you know, within an organization and, and, I, I know firsthand that there's a lot of movement um, out here in the Bay Area. We're working on it with the NWSL team coming in. So look, there's there's power and I think an experience of what we have on the playing side. And also, you know, pairing that with, with the institutional business knowledge that we're surrounded with as women now, because we've been exposed to so many people and, and so many people that um, have done really big things in different careers. And putting those things together is, is you know, it's explosion time. It's powerful. And I think that's how we're going to shape shift, uh, you know, football in America and ultimately women's football globally. So it starts here, but but very quickly, uh, you know, we're going to see it spread. I think uh, it, around the world. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, let me ask you one final question, Ali Wagner, uh, new investor and uh, active uh, in Queensborough FC. But let me ask you about on the uh, NWSL Challenge Cup. Uh, you know, nears next month. 
of course, NWSL, part of uh, CBS Paramount Plus, Ali being a key part as well. Uh, anything that you're specifically looking out for uh, as the NWSL returns, especially after, you know, people have to keep remembering this. You know, it wasn't MLS, it wasn't NBA, it was the NWSL that, you know, first started everything uh, during the pandemic. Anything that you're looking for as the NWSL Challenge Cup uh, kicks off in April? Yeah, you know, I think I, I'm really interested. Personally, I'm really interested to see how Portland fares, right? They've got done over there now. I love that. They've actually signed two of their players to their own contracts as opposed to uh, the U.S. soccer contracts, the way that it's been. So I'm actually curious to see uh, what Portland does with some of the talent they have. Sophia Smith, the young player. Um, as So when we're looking at individual teams, they interest me. I think North Carolina interests me because they've lost a lot of their talent. And so where do they fall uh, within this Challenge Cup? But overall, I want to see what level we're at. You know, this is we I've touted it for a long time that, you know, we were ahead of the game and WSL, you know, credit to them and getting off the challenge cup off the ground. But these players were able to play and they were able to to continue the momentum, you know, from that World Cup uh, or from the previous season where maybe other leagues weren't. So I'm really curious to see how we're faring at a level now that, you know, the FAWSL is playing. Um, you've got champions league football on the women's side going on as well. So where are we at, you know, what players step up because this is like really the last shot that some of them will get to potentially be on that Olympic roster. And, and then ultimately, you know, what does the viewership look like? was, are we able to continue to build on the momentum that was generated from that challenge cup? Um, when we were the first team or the first league to get off the ground in COVID. So those are really key metrics uh, that that have my me peaked um, for what's about to roll out. But overall, I'm just excited to see these women play. You know, we've seen the national team and they're firing on all cylinders, if you will. And and now let's see what's happening at the club level. Yeah, I, I do not envy Vladko Andonovsky if he has to uh, trickle down and pick this squad. There is too much talent everywhere. Uh, but Ali Wagner, Queensborough FC. Look, 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 Ali. Let's see it. Yes. I mean, come on. How pretty is that? How pretty is that logo? No, I love it. I love it. And I love Queens so much. I can't wait to see you uh, over here as well and see what Queensborough FC does as they look ahead to uh, the USL uh, that comes in 2022. Ali Wagner, thank you so much for joining us and the best of luck. Thank you, Louise. Appreciate it. Just want to know where we're eating when I come visit you. <laughs> oh, I got a list. <laughs> thank you. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Kigo Lasso. And of course, as promised, as always, on a Monday, Fabrizio Romano. Fab, how are you, my friend? I'm fine. I'm fine, my friend. Thank you. And always nice to be with you. And we'll have a great week with the Champions League and more. Absolutely. The Champions League returns, of course. But so much to talk about, Fabrizio, specifically recent news out of Barcelona as Joan Laporta 
returns as president of Barcelona. He was, of course, president back when Messi first entered the first team, uh, responsible for Ronaldinho uh, arrival to Barcelona. Joan Laporta, uh, it's official, is the new president uh, Fabrizio, and you're here, of course. I want to talk to you because it's something that you brought up many times now on the pod and on many shows for CBS, of course, that what this means uh, for Lionel Messi and his future, whether he stays or he goes. So talk to me about Laporta. What does this mean for Barcelona? In my opinion, this is a good news for Barcelona. And just because I heard with people around the club, they are really so, so happy. Obviously, we can't say that the moment is positive, not just on the patient. We know also about the financial part of the club. They're in a difficult situation, so it will be so important to go in, in some areas of the, club, of the club to change. And we know that Matteo Alemani will be the new sport director, and they will have also Jordi Cruyff in the club, and also Victor Valdez coming back. So he's going to rebuild the club. Is that something that Leo Messi wanted? Because we knew and we say a lot of times that Leo was really unhappy and it was not an economical part or the contract part. It was just about the pitch, the club, the board, the president. He was not happy with Bartomeu, not happy with the board, not happy with the strategy, what happened with Luis Suarez and with many other players. Leo was not happy with the old Barcelona. Now Laporta is back. One of the first things he will do will be calling Leo Messi, talking with his father Jorge. So starting to talk and to plan for the new Barcelona, telling him he wants a new striker, he wants to build a new Barca on the pitch and outside from the pitch. So he's going to change. And this is something Leo Messi wanted. Now it's time to make names. He has like uh, three months to convince Leo Messi and to decide together about his future. He's going to call him. He's going to discuss with him. But for sure, he needs to show him what will be the new Barcelona. Also with the names. We know a lot of names around Barcelona. They're going for a new striker. They're going for a centre-back. So they're planning for something big. But they have always to consider the financial situation. So selling players, changing the situation with the salaries won't be so easy to keep Leo Messi because of this. But he's going to try 100%. And Leo Messi has a good relationship with Laporta. So there are chances for Leo to stay. But now the project and the program, the new Barcelona, will be the real key to keep Leo Messi or he will leave and it will be, Barcelona, it will be Manchester City or Paris Saint-Germain if Leo will decide to leave. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I feel... Uh, and obviously, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. But I feel that the best possible outcome from a Barcelona perspective is that somebody that knows Messi's family really well can maybe help. Because I've always said, it's not just about Lionel Messi. It's about Antonella. It's about the boys. It's about his father. It's about life in Barcelona. And I feel that Laporta probably offered uh, that to Lionel Messi and Barcelona fans. So do you think, and this is just your opinion, Fabrizio, do you think that Laporta is the best possible chance for Messi to stay out of anything else? I think yes. I think yes. Between many candidates they had for the, for the new president, I think yes. It was the best option. So if Barcelona have some chances to keep Leo Messi, is with Juan Laporta as president. So I would say yes. Now it's time to discuss. It's time to talk about the contract. It's time to talk about the team. Obviously about the board and more. But for sure, if they have chances, it's with Laporta. So now the game is open. Let's see what Leo will decide. Let's see what Laporta will offer as a project around Barcelona, not just about the contract. But for sure, I think yes. In my opinion, is the best possible option for, for Barcelona to keep Leo Messi. Now it's time to talk. Now it's, it's time to go to, into the details and everything with the player, with his family, as you mentioned. It's so important to have a good relationship with his father too. It's not just Leo, as you said. He's around 
Leo Messi and not just about the player, but for sure they had chances with Laporta. So let's see now with the game, they will have the poker game between Laporta and Messi, but I'm sure they have some chances. Very quickly, uh, uh, Fab, because I know there's so much to talk about, but very quickly, what do you think of Ronald Koeman's future then? It won't be easy. In my opinion, it won't be easy. Just because, obviously, Barcelona in this moment are not having a great period on the, on the pitch. Let's see what happens in, in Paris against Paris Saint-Germain. But for sure, the situation is complicated in the Champions League. So, for sure, keep an eye also on Xavi because he was a player with Laporta. And having this special relationship also with Leo Messi could be another key to try to keep him. So, also the manager will be part of the project, an important part of the project, to convince Leo Messi. So, let's see what they will decide also on this side. But for sure, at the moment, they go with Kuman till the end of the season. But if Barcelona won't win anything, will be a complicated situation for him. That's what I feel. When you change the president, you know, also this kind of stuff and also having a manager, potential manager like Xavi in the air, knowing the club and bringing back some magic around Barcelona could be something interesting. Yeah, interesting indeed. All right, sticking with Barcelona, also Ousmane Dembele, because he's been an important player for the for the club uh, this season, regardless of, of course, uh, the disappointing results, etc. What's the latest on Dembele? It will be a part of Messi, obviously, one of the biggest decisions to take for Laporta in the coming weeks. He is convinced that Dembele is an amazing player, so he loves Dembele. But now it's time to discuss about the contract, because imagine last summer, Liverpool and then Juventus, and at the end of the summer, also Manchester United, when the Sancho deal collapsed. They were trying to sign Dembele on loan from Barcelona, and Barcelona always said no, just because they knew that Dembele has only one year of contract left, and they didn't want to arrive this summer with a player coming back, not staying in, this, in the other club, and then having only one year of contract. So now now it's time to decide because they know that Dembele with the old Barcelona president Bartomeu and with the old board, he didn't want to extend the contract. So it was a big problem. Now with Laporta, they will discuss with him, with the agent, but this summer will be extend the contract or leave the club. No chance to stay with only one year of contract. So one of the biggest decisions to take in the coming weeks will be also with Usman Dembele. But I know that Laporta appreciates the player, so he will discuss to try to keep him. And the intention is not to sell him, but let's see what happens. Also because they have a lot of situations to decide also with Coutinho and players like Griezmann. So let's see what happens. Yeah, and I'm sure that uh, Dembele is going to have many suitors outside of Barcelona. He's been playing very well uh, yeah. recently. All right, let's move from Barcelona to Real Madrid, uh, Karim Benzema managed to grab a point for Los Blancos against Atleti, uh, you know, a key player for Madrid in the last few years. If he's not one of the best players, he's definitely a useful squad player. Lucas Vasquez, uh, what's the latest on him? Yes, the situation is so similar to the Sergio Ramos one. We know that Luka Modric will stay and will extend the contract with Sergio Ramos is more with Florentino on the personal side just because Florentino is working on it personally to try to convince Sergio Ramos and to find an agreement. But there is still no agreement. And with Lucas Vasquez, he's not happy with the offer from, from Real Madrid also by the economical side. It's one of the, his last contracts, so he wants something more, a different proposal. They are still discussing, those, so the situation is open, but other clubs are now trying to approach Lucas Vasquez. So let's see what happens. Not just in Spain, also from other countries. So he's an interesting player, as you mentioned. So he's a player always ready to help the team. Great professional. So a lot of clubs are interested. But at the moment, they're still discussing with him. There is no agreement. The situation is not easy with Lucas Vasquez. But for sure, a lot of clubs are ready. If he will say, OK, I'm not staying at Real Madrid. I want to change. Yes, a lot of clubs, not just in Spain, also in Spain, but not just in Spain, ready to try for him. 
Well, uh, but Luka Modric is 100% extending his contract, correct? Yes, yes, yes. They have the agreement. It's just a matter of signing the contract, announcing, and then completing everything. But yes, he's staying. He decided to stay, and it will be a contract for one season. Well, good news for Real Madrid. All right, let's go to Bayern Munich. Uh, wow, what a game against Borussia Dortmund. Uh, they win 4-2. Robert Lewandowski, of course, showed Erling Haaland a thing or two about experience. <laughs> uh, speaking of Haaland... Uh, what's the latest on him? Obviously, so many clubs. I mean, who doesn't want Haaland, right? Is Bayern one of them, uh, Fabrizio Romano? Appreciating Haaland, yes. It's normal. I would say, who does not appreciate Haaland? We're talking about the best, probably the best young striker with Mbappé in the world. So, for sure, yes. But at the moment, they are not planning to sign Erling Haaland this summer. The idea around Bayern Munich is... Till we have Lewandowski, we don't want to sign another top striker. So we go with Lewandowski and also Holland himself, he decided to go where he could be like a starter, a star, and not just a normal player on the bench with Lewandowski in the same team. So when Rayola said last week, we have like 10 clubs ready and to pay and to have Holland in their clubs so they can afford Holland as top striker. Also, he was including Bayern Munich, but Bayern Munich are not planning to sign Holland this summer, then let's see, because if Borussia Dortmund will keep him for one season more and they will decide to sell him with a release clause in 2022, let's see what happens with Bayern Munich. But this summer, with Lewandowski in fantastic form and still one of the best strikers in the world, they are not planning to go for Erling Haaland. So let's see with the other clubs what happens. Yeah, Haaland is amazing, but Robert Lewandowski is all you need. All right, let's go to the Premier League for a second. Man City suffering uh, their first loss in a very long time against Manchester United. Uh, there's rumors, of course, about Manuel Manuel Locatelli. Uh, what, what's the latest on that one? Good player, good player, my friend. Keep an eye on this player because, yes, here in Italy he's playing in a small team like Sassuolo, but they play good football. Roberto Rezervi, the manager, is inspired by Guardiola, so tiki-taka football, so fast. And he's a quality midfielder, typical Italian midfielder, so he's fighting, but he has also quality. So he's a good, good player. And he was growing up in the Similania sector, now he's playing for Sassuolo. And a lot of rumors about Manchester City, and it's true that they are looking at the player, just counting him. There is no official bid, no advance at all. Sassuolo have not received anything from Manchester City, but they know that they are looking at Manuel Locaselli as possible option for the future. So at the moment there is nothing, but for the future they are looking at him as interesting player. I would say keep an eye on Juventus because they want Locatelli. They wanted him last summer with Andrea Pirlo. He's a big fan of Locatelli. He's playing also with the Italian national team. So with Barella and Zaniolo, a lot of young talents in the midfield. And Roberto Mancini loves Locatelli. But Juventus are leading the race more than Manchester City that are planning for the future and nothing imminent in the coming weeks. Yes, Sassuolo plays some really excellent stuff. Uh, they're super fun too. We like to call him Sexy Sassuolo over here, Fabrizio. They play some really yes. good stuff. All right, let's stay in Italy for a second. Uh, and a certain Turkish star, an AC Milan. What's the latest there? Yes, we're always receiving questions about Takan Çalhanoğlu because there are rumors about Manchester United. And it's a big opportunity because we're talking a player with three, three months will be out of contract, so he'll be a free agent. And we're talking about an important player for AC Milan and not only for AC Milan. He was good also in the Bundesliga in the past. So really interesting player. But what we've been told is that he's still negotiating with AC Milan to extend his contract. They had that meeting 
player agent and a similar board with Paolo Maldini again in the last week. So they are negotiating to extend the contract. They are confident from Asimilan to keep the player. And for Manchester United, they have nothing. Also because Manchester United, obviously, they have Bruno Fernandes and what a player. And they also have Donny van de Beek. He's not playing, but they want him to show his skills in the coming months. So at the moment, the situation is still with Chalanoglu negotiating with Asimilan and no talks with Manchester United. Well, let's finish here with Gareth Bale, uh, Fab. Gareth Bale, what a uh, week, two weeks for him so far. Looking good. Looks like the old Gareth Bale, perhaps waking up. What's the latest on him? Because he's just on loan uh, from uh, Real Madrid. Is Tottenham looking to make this permanent? Is it easier said than done? What's the latest? Yes, as you said, it's a loan with no buy option. So they have to discuss together, Tottenham and Real Madrid. Till two or three weeks ago, Tottenham were not happy with Gary Bale. They were expecting something different from, from the player and from the professionals. So they wanted something different from Gary Bale. But they always said, we are waiting till the end of the season to take of the season to take our final decision for Gareth Bale. So they are still waiting. Obviously, as you mentioned, now the situation seems a bit different. He seems confident in a good period. So they hope he can continue like this. Real Madrid are open to sell Gareth Bale on a permanent deal next summer. So let's see what happens. But at the moment, Tottenham say we will decide at the end of the season. They were not happy with the player two weeks ago. Now the situation seems different, but only in June they will decide together with Real Madrid but 100% sure Real Madrid are open to discuss to sell Gareth Bale. He doesn't want to come back just to be part of the team. He wants to be a starter at Real Madrid or wherever. So let's see what happens at the end of the season. But the situation is still open for Gareth Bale and Tottenham. Well, he looked very happy this weekend uh, against Crystal Palace. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens there. Fabrizio Romano, always with the best, latest information. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you, my friend. Always big pleasure and see you soon on Kegolas and on CBS Sports. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Ali Wagner and Fabrizio Romano for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Kegolasso Pod. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, cbsports.com. Have a great, great beginning to your week. New CBS Monday. NCIS is back. We need all hands on deck. So grab your gear. NCIS! And join our elite team. What are the charges? Murder. New cases to be solved. Double tap to the chest. Same caliber as the murder weapon. And new criminals to catch. That's the bomb maker. Where's the bomb? A new NCIS. Monday, 9, 8 central. On CBS. And streaming on Paramount+. Plus.